0: hey everybody and welcome to episode 207 of how i built it the podcast that asks how did you build that today uh my guest is uh i i'm so terrible because i just asked you how to pronounce your last name kristen Mo- molinar molin you got it yeah Molinar. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I'm excited to be talking to Kristen Molinar. She is the founder of Yes Boss. And we're going to be talking about why being a podcast guest is ineffective for many entrepreneurs. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by three fantastic sponsors, MindSize, Restrict Content Pro, and Text Expander. You'll be hearing about those fine folks later in the episode. Right now, let's bring on our guest. Kristen, how are you?
1: Hey, I am doing well. How are you?
0: I am doing fantastically. Like I said, I'm really excited uh, to talk about this because I do feel like for a long time I didn't take advantage of the fact well enough that I was going on other people's podcasts and trying to build my audience and things like that. I know that a lot of my guests, like this is a platform for them, basically what we're trading here is you are giving me some of your time so I can create good content and I am putting you in front of my audience. And so I want you to, you know, have people get in touch with you and stuff like that. So uh, hopefully this will be a good reference for future guests on this podcast and others. But before we get into that, um, I just said before we get into that like three times, I want you to tell people who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah. So I run a company called Yes Boss and we do, we're a podcast booking agency essentially. So we help mostly service-based entrepreneurs. So online service providers, we help them get booked on podcasts so they can generate more leads in just an hour a week. So, you know, my zone of genius is talking. I like to talk for a living and uh, we help other clients who like to do that exact same thing.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. And I've got to say you, you do a good job. I get lots of guest pitches um, each day. And uh, I have a pretty strong litmus test for if I'm going to respond or not, or if I'm going to accept the guest or not. And you passed not once, but twice or thrice, I think at this point. So um, you've- <laughs> A I mean,
1: testament to our service, huh? Thank you yeah, for
0: that. Absolutely. Because you, know, you get the pitches and it's like, hi, name, I'm person. And then like five paragraphs about why they're so great. And I'm just like, I don't want you to just like, I want to bring value to my listeners. So uh, I don't remember exactly what you said in your email, but I read it and I was like, I think this will be insanely valuable for both me and my listeners. So, um,
1: well, I'm excited. There's definitely a formula there. There's definitely a lot of testing we've done with those pitches. So I'm so glad to hear (laughs) your thoughts on it. Thank you so (laughs) much.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, and thank you for, uh, for, you know, I taking the time, like I feel like you you've listened to the show and you knew exactly like what I wanted to talk about. so, uh, you don't have to oh, say yeah. whether you have or not, but it was <laughs> I felt that way at least. Um, so you are a podcast booking agency. There is definitely a lot of value in that. Uh, so maybe before we get into the the main thing that we're talking about, uh why why should more entrepreneurs go on podcasts?
1: Hmm. You know, I would say that it's like the simplest sales funnel I've ever built in my whole entire life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I feel like as entrepreneurs, you know, especially if you're an entrepreneur that has ever been on Facebook, um you're gonna be hit with a lot of messages about how to do all the things, right? And mm. I think what took me a while to really learn, because, you know when I first started uh, in this entrepreneurial journey, I was like floundering for fourteen months, and then I found a rhythm that really worked. And, what I really found is it all boils down to having a sales funnel that hits a few like check marks. So at the top of that sales funnel is, you know, how are you getting visible? You know, how are you attracting those people? How are you then nurturing those people, selling those people and retaining those people? So that's like, you know, just this basic like sales funnel strategy. And there's all these ways to do that, right? You know, there's like ads, there's social media platforms. There's all these like top level things to get new audience attraction. Then there's all these ways to nurture your clients, you know, email lists or, you know, people that are on your social media. How are you retaining those existing people and selling? Right. So there's all these different ways to do this. What I have found though, is, um, it was honestly, I just stumbled, I stumbled upon this honestly. Um, When I started doing podcast guesting myself, what I realized is I was getting in front of new people and attracting new people and forming relationships with a new person, so specifically the podcast host. Um, And what happened afterwards was people were coming to me to ask about my services and they had already been pre-sold. Because the nature of a podcast episode is that you are building that know, like, trust factor really rapidly. You are attracting. You're then nurturing by really sharing all of your genius on that episode. And like you already said at the beginning of this episode, like you bring on guests and you want to highlight all the ways that they know how to do what they do. So you're providing a platform for me to talk to you about how smart I am. I mean, if you want to put it that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is.
1: (laughs) And by the end of the episode, you know how to work with me. You know who in your network to tell to work with me. And then as a ripple effect. So I see this as a secondary thing. As a secondary thing, your audience and the people that are listening to the podcast also know that. So I've just been like kind of blown away at how effective and fun it's been.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. I love a lot of what you said there. I mean, if longtime listeners of the show will know, I've said no like trust a million times on this podcast, right? Because it's it's so important. It's why I teach people how to start their own podcasts to grow their business because uh, it's an easy way. For, not in, not like an easy way, but it's a fast way to convince people that you are likable and trustworthy, and and people invite me into their headphones every every week. And, uh, so they feel like they know me and, and, and it's a strong bond. And so when I have a guest on the show, I'm saying, I trust this person enough to give them the platform of listeners. I have teach me something. I learn something from every single one of my guests. So I love what you said there about how this is the simplest sales funnel you you've ever built in your life. Um, <laughs> so how do you figure out what shows you should go on?
1: I think this is a really good question. Yeah. So I I think I've got to start it by saying this. I, I think that most people see podcast guesting in one of two ways. They see it as a traditional marketing strategy. And that marketing strategy says, you know, find the podcast with the biggest audience that you can attract and go there. And then the other people see this as traditional PR strategy. And the PR strategy says get on the podcast with the biggest name recognition so you can leverage that authority um, on like your website, your social media presence, all those places, right? For me, I see it a bit differently. For me, I have realized that being a profitable podcast guest has more to do with relationships than it does marketing and PR strategies. So when... I'm looking at what podcast I want to be on. You know, I looked at you, Joe. I didn't necessarily look at like your audience and what who you've attracted, but like, are you someone that I want to have like a business relationship with? Are you someone who has a complimentary or similar message to that that I share. Like, do our business philosophies align? Do we think the same way when it comes to what we do for our clients? Because I have seen that when I focus on relationships, the ripple effects of every time that I show up are so much greater than what can happen when I just attract your audience. You know, I've seen things like being invited to be a guest inside somebody's paid course or mastermind or whatever, I've had those opportunities arise. I've been invited to speak on stages. I've been invited to, you know, have JV partnerships. Somebody that interviewed me is now an affiliate partner for me. So they make money when I make money. Like these kinds of things all come from relationship. And when you're looking just at the person's audience, you're really missing out on that relationship aspect.
0: This episode is brought to you by Restrict Content Pro. If you need a fast, easy way to set up a membership site for yourself or your clients, look no further than the Restrict Content Pro WordPress plugin. Easily create premium content for members using your favorite payment gateway, manage members, send member-only emails, and more. You can create any number of subscription packages, including free trials and even free tiers. But that's not all. Their extensive add-ons library allows you to do even more, like drip out content, connect with any number of CRMs and newsletter tools, including my favorite, ConvertKit, and you can integrate with other WordPress plugins like BBPress. When the Build Something Club comes out later this month, you can bet it's going to be using Restrict Content Pro. I'm a big fan of the team. I'm a big fan of the tool. And I know they do fantastic work over there. If you want to learn more about Restrict Content Pro and start making money with your own membership site today, head on over to howibuilt.it slash RCP. That's howibuilt.it slash RCP to learn more and get a special offer for listeners only. Thanks so much to Restrict Content Pro for supporting the show. It becomes increasingly clear now why uh, your pitch to come on this show stood out more than other pitches, right? Because again, I like really can't stress this enough. Uh, I don't like, I talk a lot. I try not to talk about myself a lot. When I get a pitch that's just like, you know, Jim Baseball went to Harvard and was like the first of his class and all this. And now he's great. And here's all the reasons he's great. I'm just like, cool. What does that mean for me? Like I, I've had great people on my podcast, but I want my audience to come away with, um, like someone that can feel like they can form a relationship with. So I, 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 I really love that.
1: Yeah. It's the job of the podcast guest there. There's two things that I want to say to kind of expand on what you've just said. It's the job of the podcast guest to deliver an episode on a silver platter to the podcast host. And that starts with writing a really good pitch you know the pitch has got to include talking points that are not all about how i built a million dollar business mm-hmm. with a team of five people like yeah. okay cool but like what is the what is that episode about like what is the value that that you're going to be bringing to the podcast host audience. So, while the podcast guest, they should be focused on the podcast host, what the pod, what they have to understand is the podcast host is looking for how to deliver the most value to their audience. So, you've got to deliver to them exactly what the episode's going to be about because if I hadn't written talking points that were valuable to your audience, we would get on this this interview and you would be thinking, "Cool, I don't know what to ask Kristen." Like I am not sure what her zone of genius is. I don't even know what this episode is going to be about. And like, no one would find value in that episode at all. And that would be me doing you a disservice
0: that's uh, that is real that's a very generous way to put it, right? because i I also think it's like the host's job to make sure the to like tee up things like really good mm-hmm. things for the guest to to ask, right? Like it, it's a good back and forth, a good conversation. But like you said, Um, you're telling you, you gave me topics and I'm like, yes, this is really good for my audience. If, if we look at the pitch, it's like, yeah, I built a million dollars in 30 days with five people or whatever. It's like, cool. I, I want guests that my audience can relate to. Um, and so like, I've had really good big name guests, but the episodes didn't do very well because the guest was not relatable whereas mm-hmm. some of the episodes with maybe lesser known people people who don't have their own giant audience but delivered huge value like downloads through the roof it's so it's it's definitely less about like the, who is on the show more, as much as what you talk about on the show
1: yeah it also hits on the point that your accolades have to have relevance
0: Mm-hmm. accolades yeah. for the
1: sake of accolades are not interesting to anyone but yourself. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> You know, so exactly.
1: there's a place for it in the pitch to talk about the things that you've done. But the point of those, of talking about those things are to just prove to the person that you have the ability to talk about those talking points. So if it's, you know, where I went to college or, you know, something else, like that, do- that doesn't bring any, there's no relevance there. There's no tie in to what the episode is actually about or what, you know, what we're going to be talking about.
0: Right. Yeah. Unless like my show was like, uh, people who went to Harvard, like that. Then, then like, yes. yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And like, especially the <laughs> revenue one, this is like my last like ranty point, but like the revenue one is always suspect to me. Cause like if you have a million dollar revenue business and your expenses are like a million and one dollars, you don't have a successful business. You are making no money. Like, so it, it, there are better, there are at least better accolades than how much revenue your business makes. Um, right. right. So it's a cool. vanity metric. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> the revenue is a vanity metric. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, so, well, that was fun. I always love, <laughs> I have strong opinions and I am always happy for, uh, to, to wax poetic about them. Um, but <laughs> getting back on course here, um, why should we go on podcasts? We answered. How do you figure what shows to go on? Let's say now that uh, the listener here has reached out to a podcast and they have successfully landed a guest spot. Uh, the topic that you reached out about, why being on uh, the reason why being a podcast guest is ineffective for most entrepreneurs, is one that really rings true to me because it's it's time that you should really take advantage of in some way. Um, and so how do we make sure, first of all, let's talk about why is it ineffective for most entrepreneurs? Then we could talk about how to not make it ineffective, how to make it effective. There we go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect. Um, I, I do talk to people all the time that have said, you know, I've been invited to speak on a podcast and it didn't yield any results for me. You know, I I didn't get any clients from it. I didn't get any, like, there there were no results, right? However, that looks to you. And at, at the root of it, I feel that there is a common denominator here, and often that is that the person doing the guesting doesn't really know what they're offering. It's probably mm. too wide, and this—I this, mean, really, this is like a business foundational thing. But it is so essential when you're getting yourself out there and creating visibility for yourself. So, our yes, okay, maybe you're a business consultant, business coach, maybe you're a copywriter but those are really really broad things. You've got to know like what are you specifically doing? So here's the thing about what I do. People know that I book people on podcasts. Like that, that's not very wide. Like that is really <laughs> darn specific, right? Yeah. And that that same kind of specificity can be for even the business coaches or consultants that offer a wide variety of services, you have to think about what's your point of entry? What's like the first thing that people do to work with you, what is that one problem or one solution that you can solve for somebody, that very first one that you, can, that you can solve for them? You know, if you're a copywriter, I've talked to several copywriters who have, because they're really great copywriters and they've got great social media presences, they've been invited to speak on podcasts and they're like, but it didn't yield anything. And I'm thinking, okay, when you got off that episode, did the podcast host they probably thought that you were really smart and they would love to work with you or if they had some kind of work to give to you. But did they even know what to hire you for? Were they hiring you to write their sales pages? Were they hiring you to write their social media content? Were they hiring you to write emails for them? Like what, what were they hiring you to do? Because there's got to be that really specific offer that you know how to talk about. And I talk the way that I talk to my clients is do you have a methodology for what you do? That methodology becomes so easy to get in the room and have an interview about how you do all the things you do. So for me, my objective with a really good podcast interview is I'm able to talk someone else through how to do my job. So essentially, if you're a DIY kind of person, you could do my job for me, and that's okay. Because my ideal clients, the cream of the crop, are the people that hear that I know what I'm doing. They know that they don't want to DIY it themselves. And it becomes a no-brainer for them to work with somebody like me.
0: (sighs) Love that. Uh, Because something I think a lot of people are worried about, especially when they go on podcasts or when they blog, is that, well, if I just tell people what to do, they're going to do it and they're not going to hire me. But that's not the case, right? Imagine if, like, a a, a a you hired somebody to remodel your kitchen. After he walks me through how he's going to do it, I want to hire him even more because I'm like, right? I can't do this. I'm going to mess Dang, this up. That's a
1: that's a good yeah. example.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so and yeah, absolutely. And it's it's the same, right? I was on a podcast recently where um, we talked about like four ways to monetize your podcast, and I told them everything that they need to do to monetize their podcast. Uh, and if they want to go off and do it, they can. But if they're like, wait, I don't know how to configure this tool that Joe talked about to do it, or I don't know how to set up a membership site with WordPress. Now they, they know how to get a hold of me because, uh, well, I don't want to spoil what you're about to say, but they do know how to get a hold of me, I suspect, because uh, of the way you're going to answer this next question, which they, they don't know what they're offering. How do you build an offering for a podcast? What is, what are the steps that I need to take to make sure I am making the most of, of, of being a podcast guest?
1: You know, okay. There's two things. There's like what happens before, which we already kind of touched on and what happens after. So the, what happens before is making sure that you're writing those talking points that lead the conversation into that. You know, like the, the, whole topic that we're talking about right now is what, you know, being an effective versus an ineffective podcast guest. You asking me that tees up all the talking points and the methodologies that I have to share. Like you are asking me questions where the answers are my methodologies. Like I'm Mm -hmm. able to talk about that. So, you know, this is something that when we work with our clients, we give them a really big questionnaire that's like, talking, we ask them to tell us all about how they serve their clients and, you know, just tons of stuff. Right. And then we use that information to write talking points that'll really showcase their genius in the best way possible. So it all starts there. But then I think what people really miss out on is it it follows up by having a connection with that podcast host and, and having that, starting that, relationship after the interview has ended, like after you stop um, recording, having a conversation about like how can I serve your audience? How can I be of value to you? I think that that then formulates the snowball effect of a genuine relationship and showing up in a way w- in a way for that podcast host where they know that you're there for that relationship. So well, I think that some people would think that my my answer would have to do all about like, the methodology and sharing about that methodology that the only real secret there is one, you've got to have one and it's going to be, it's going to be dependent on what you do. You know, you've Mm -hmm. just got to know how to do what you do and you've got to be willing to have a, a genuine, like pull back all the curtains, talk about all the things. I mean, I tell podcast hosts when I come in, like, you know, I'm an open book. You can ask me whatever you want. Like I, I, my mindset is that I don't have any secrets. We live in a world where you could Google everything. Like me pretending like if I don't tell you, you won't know. Like who am I fooling, really? Yeah. So you've got to leverage on like teeing up the conversation, right? And being really genuine about having a, a, a goal of, of, of relationship with the person that you're in the room with.
0: This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. It's a new year and you can start off on the right foot by reclaiming your time. With TextExpander, you can save time by converting any text you type into keyboard shortcuts called snippets. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. With Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Better than copy and paste better than scripts and templates text expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. Take back your time and increase your productivity in the new year. And Let me just say that snippets is not all it does. With advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and much more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, Hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my keyboard and convert it to plain text, so I'm no longer fighting formatting. Plus, if you have employees or contractors, you can use Text Expander to manage and share snippets with them, so you all get it right every time. I've recently started sharing Text Expander snippets with my virtual assistant. This year, how I built it is focusing on being productive while working from home. TextExpander is the perfect tool for that. Plus they're providing resources and blog posts to help you make the most of their tool and be productive. TextExpander is available on Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. If you've been curious about trying TextExpander or simple automation in general, now is the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com/podcast and let them know that I sent you. So I hired, uh, actually, t- to your exact point, the, the exact point that we're making, I listened to uh, Smart Passive Income some time ago. This is Pat Flynn's podcast. And uh, he had a uh, a publicist on there named Brittany Lynn. And I listened to that episode. And I was like, well, I'm, I hired her. I hired her to help me figure out my messaging and she sent me a huge questionnaire and I honestly like had to think about it for a week. And I'm like, what is, what do I want out of whatever, like, what is my messaging? And, um, now I have those talking points mostly around podcasting and a talk and a, and a target audience and things like that. And, um, and so I I think that's super duper valuable. I think also something that you're talking about that I had not thought of, or I, honestly didn't think the conversation would go in this direction. So um, this is great is you're really leaning on the relationship you're forming with the podcast host, right? So this is not just like a call to action. Go to my website slash Joe to get the free download. Um, It's like, I just spent an hour talking to this person. We get along well, how can we help each other? It's almost like you're like creating public, uh, like, networking meetings, right? With, with a podcast. Like speed
1: dating for business almost because, and I say speed dating on purpose because the idea is that we get past all the fluff. We're not Mm -hmm. like, how are you? You know, and we did do some of this. Like, I know that you have kids, you know, that I have a kid. We did a little bit of that before the interview recorded, but it's like, let's get down to like the nitty gritty, how we're serving our people and the like meaningful stuff about our business to see if like, Hey maybe I can support your audience. Maybe you can support my audience. We're getting like into the really important details that are essential when you're having a good like business relationship with somebody.
0: Yeah, that's that's super interesting. So so I'm going to ask you uh I'll ask you this then, right? You, it's uh this sort of um we'll say strategy uh, works pretty well for you, right? Because you are in the business of podcast booking, so obviously you go on a podcast. I like you, I trust you. Now you know what the show is about. So if you have a potential guest for me, I am more likely to accept that, right?
1: Um, That's true. That's true.
0: What about people who aren't necessarily in the podcast space, right? Like again, let's mm-hmm. let's say like I'm I, I uh, make or I fix bicycles or whatever. Um I keep using that example, but it's like hyper local, so it like doesn't really work that well. Um, but let's just say I am I am in some uh I make websites, right? Um right. what does that one works? Yeah, that one works. I can work I can
1: work with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> just give you like a really hard example. How good are you? Um I know, right? Say, yeah. <laughs> um so I make websites. I'm booking myself to go on podcasts to talk about making websites. How do I nurture that relationship with a, with a podcast host if they don't have like, well, I won't qualify. How do I nurture that relationship with a yeah, podcast yeah. host?
1: So what we have found is our sweet spot is entrepreneurs that serve other entrepreneurs. Now, I'm not saying that there is not a, a viable strategy here beyond that. But for us, that is really our sweet spot and where I can just talk all day long. Um, he, here's Here's the thing when you are an entrepreneur and you're getting in front of somebody who has the same business philosophies as you, you do, they can, you know, you can riff and get passionate about the same exact things, which I know that you and I can do that. Right. Mm -hmm. What happens is my network becomes open to you and your network becomes open to me because we, we know that if this friend of ours or this peer of ours, somebody, we'll just say it this way, somebody else that has interviewed me, another podcast host, we know that telling that other podcast host that they should meet you, Joe, like, well, they like me and they got passionate about the same things with me as you and I got passionate about. So if they need websites, like you're the guy and you know, somebody in your network that you have hit it off with, they hit it off with you and you and I have hit it off. So they're going to hit it off with me. So it's easy to make those inner network like connections. And this is where I think that the strategy in my mind or what's played out for me and our clients is so different than that, like PR and marketing, because we're looking, Mm -hmm. we're looking at, you know, you've said it, like we're looking at the relationship and we're looking at you know, is this somebody that my, that would be an easy person for me to tell my network, you've got to hear about Joe. But that also what that does is, this is not the answer to the question, but it just came to mind. Like another thing that does is when I go and fulfill my obligation to tell my audience about this interview, because I do think that if you're going to be a guest, you've got to be willing to talk about the fact that you've been on the interview like that. That is like bare minimum commitment in my mind. It's easy for me to write something genuine on LinkedIn, like you've got to listen to this podcast with Joe. He and I have so many things in common. These are the things that we talked about that that um, excitement that comes from sharing that episode is genuine because of the relationship I felt. So I see this as really tapping into each other's networks, and you know a, an example another example that I like to give is. Relationship building also opens doors to like bigger podcasts and bigger mediums and all of those things that you want to look at when you're doing like traditional marketing and traditional PR. So, the example you you talked about smart passive income. You know, there's tons of people that would love to be on smart passive income, and they've come to me and said, "Can you get me on smart passive income?" And what I say is this: is like, look, you don't just knock on that door and say, "Hey, here I am. Can you please um, have me on your podcast?" What you do though is you look at other people that are in his circle and get in with those people to see who can open those doors. So a great way to drive this home is like, you don't go and knock on, you know, send a cold pitch to the queen and expect to be invited (laughs) to the, you know, visit the queen. However, there are people that know the queen that maybe you can get in with them. And if you really like them and you have some commonalities there, they might invite you to come meet the queen someday. So you have it this is a long term strategy and um it doesn't stop at just my network and your network it ripples it ripples if you really foster these things
0: yeah absolutely i think that's that's a great analogy right and it's and it's uh it's like proven too right like a a warm lead always is more often uh likely to succeed than and than a cold call right like if 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 someone makes the introduction for me uh, as opposed to me just saying like hey i want to use your platform like that's um you know the warm lead is going to work out better more often than yeah. not um yeah. so so we we've talked about like kind of tapping into the network uh through forming the relationship with the host or the guest host relationship um do you do anything to talk directly to the audience right like you know if someone Someone is listening now they're like man I I really want Kristen to help me get on other people's podcasts is yeah. there is there a strategy there for for that as well
1: So we do we do on our end like we do have if I'm asked what my call to action is like we we mm-hmm. do have that back end stuff in place you know I will say though because I want to make sure everybody's expectations are are like correct yeah. You know, I have found that not as many people wanted to come and get on my email list and take my DIY content. For me that hasn't been um that hasn't been a huge I don't know, a huge success, I'll say. Like some people do end up on my email list, but I think that and maybe this is because my service is very done for you that the people who are attracted to a done for you service aren't interested in consuming your DIY content. So Uh, I think that you've got to be really creative about how your content is positioned if you're a done for you service. Like you can't be giving the, I mean, you you can touch on that DIY, but you've got to be like really concise about it. So for example, like my my opt-in is a 10 minute masterclass. And I had a few few clients like review that and they were like, I think it needs to be shorter. It had been like thirteen minutes, and I chopped it down to ten minutes because what I realized is like, look, the people that want to hire me don't want to hear me drone on and on. I've got to like get to the point as quickly as possible. so I think you've got to think about like that back end offer a little bit and and I will just say like my experience has been that that has not been the most profitable, so like say a hundred people end up on my email list like. I am getting more value from meeting two people in the podcast hosts network than I am from those 100 people that got on my email list. And heck, those 100 people took a whole lot more work because that's the kind of work that you're like sitting behind your computer trying to, right. you know, you're writing the content. For me, that's yeah. harder.
0: You're building you know, I would PDF, rather, right? Yeah.
1: Exactly. I would rather meet like, another podcast host or be invited to speak inside somebody's like paid, um, mastermind or group coaching program. Like for me, those have gotten just greater impact because the people that want to say yes are like quicker yeses and I don't Mm -hmm. have to nurture them as much. So I don't know, like, yeah, you can nurture, but it's not my favorite strategy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I think that's a very interesting perspective, right? Because again, Long time listeners of the show will know I'm like your call to action. If you have your own podcast or whatever, build your email list. Build your email list. I've taken, uh, but this is from a more product centric approach for me, right? Yeah. I sell ninety nine dollar courses or whatever, right? I I sell a right. nine dollar a month membership or whatever. So, um, you know the nurture, the nurturing and the 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 adding value is a bit more important for me. Also, those people are DIYers, right? So my right. My DIY opt-in is is going to work a little better. But for the done for you service, uh, I think that's a really interesting and valuable perspective. Um, so and perhaps we'll we'll dig into that a little bit more in the uh, the the members show. Uh, if you are not a member, by the way, you can go to buildsomething.club to sign up. Uh, it's just fantastic. It's a it's a hoot there. Um, but uh, before that, so before I before we get into tips for the listeners. Uh, I am distracted by something in your background. Is that a cigar box?
1: <laughs> it is. It is. My husband and I found a bunch of cigar boxes in a like thrift store, um, I don't know, five plus years ago. And I have them like sprinkled throughout my house because they're really great storage boxes and they're just kind of industrial and fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they smell nice. I'm a cigar smoker myself. So I, I saw the box and I was like, I wonder. Um, like, anyway. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, fantastic. Well, I uh, I don't have any empty boxes right now, but next time I have some, I'll let you know. Um, I mean,
1: they're perfect for storing things. They look cool in your house. Yes. I think yes, so. Yes,
0: they do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by MindSize. Look, it's super important for stores to have an online presence these days. If customers can't buy online, they might not buy at all. And while doing e-commerce fast has gotten easier, doing e-commerce right still has its considerable challenges. That's where MindSize comes in. They are a full-service digital agency that focuses on WordPress and WooCommerce development. But that's not all. They work with Shopify, BigCommerce, and more. And they'll work with you to create the perfect strategy and website for your business. Already have an e commerce site and want to make sure it's up and running in tip top shape? Their flat rate site audit is exactly what you need. Over the course of two weeks, they'll dive into every aspect of your site and deliver a prioritized list of actionable recommendations to make your site even better. That means more sales and engagement for you and your store. Or if you're a freelancer or agency who feels in over your head with an e-commerce build, their agency support plan is built specifically for you. There were a few times in my career where I really could have used that. They'll take a high-stress situation and help you relax while still delivering for your client. So check out MindSize over at MindSize.com today. They will help you make more money whether you need an e-commerce store, whether you need to improve your current e-commerce store, or if you build e-commerce stores for others. That's MindSize.com, M-I-N-D-S-I-Z-E.com. Thanks so much to MindSize for supporting the show. So as we uh, get to the end of this conversation, um, what are some tips for the for the listeners that you have? And, you know, I think it's, we talked a bit about, kind of how to get on people's shows or the things that you should think about before you go on people's shows. Um, So if you, maybe if they're starting from square one, right? What's one or two things that they should do to make sure they have an efficient uh, podcast guesting experience?
1: So talking to this audience, the person that's never done it before, one of the biggest like apprehensions that I hear is, am I ready? Like, I'm nervous, you know? And when I show up, is it going to be, a good episode like it's going to get published and i don't know who's going to hear it like there's some of those concerns that come with mm-hmm. like first time guesting and i know that people that ultimately are going to be fantastic guests like still have those apprehensions i did <laughs> you know yeah. so i could totally relate to that and so i want to like offer this like this piece of advice that i feel not a lot of people take into consideration and that is that there's still a ton of value in being featured on a brand new podcast I, ta- I talked to somebody recently, a podcaster, I was interviewed by her, and she told me that she actually likes to be that first episode because when somebody finds a new podcast that they like, they go way back to the beginning and they be- begin binging it. So maybe that doesn't help prove my point that you should go after a smaller podcast because the barriers are lower because I just mm-hmm. talked about how everybody's going to hear it. but But the strategy for me has been, look, if somebody is serious enough about their business to decide to start a podcast, that's a serious entrepreneur right there. Like You can speak to the fact that building a podcast, it is not a small logistical commitment. It is a big deal to decide that you're going to be a podcast host. So if you are... Feeling apprehensive, but want to kind of test the waters, get out there a little bit. I would say there's tons of Facebook groups, tons of communities of people learning how to launch their podcast. Get in with those people. You know, I think that the barriers might feel a little bit lower because they're not going to be like expecting as much from you because they're just starting out. You can kind of be beginners together a little bit. But I would also say with that, like, here's the reality. This is a conversation. Like, Joe, you're asking me questions and I'm answering them with things that I can just talk about off the top of my head. I'm not over preparing for episodes. If you were to ask me things, well, here we go. If you had gone with that bicycle example, I would have said, you know, Joe, I would love to tell you how I'm smart enough (laughs) to figure that one out, but I don't know. (laughs) Being okay with saying that and realizing, like, I know what I know really stinking well, but it doesn't mean that I know everything and I'm okay with that. So it's just a conversation. Be true to who you are. Talk about what you know and be honest about the things that you don't know or maybe even your failures. Like some of those things are really inspiring as well.
0: I, I agree wholeheartedly. Actually, one of the reasons that this show did so well in the beginning is because we did talk about failures a lot. And I think that that makes starting a business maybe less intimidating, right? Because like you always you see the gold medalist win the gold medal at the Olympics, uh, but you don't see like the years it took for them to like train and fail and like break their leg or whatever. Like, just like, um, so yeah, you don't see the struggle as often as the success. And I think that that's important. Um, That's, that's great. So get in with people who are learning how to podcast. Remember, it's a conversation. I think that's super important um, because uh, you know, I know a lot of people, some people like want me to send them exactly the questions I'm going to ask ahead of time. And, I'm always happy to oblige, uh, but honestly, I generally don't because I did a little background research on on my guests. I know what you like to talk about, and I'm—I mean, frankly, I'm good at having a conversation. I talk a lot. I'm an extrovert. i am an extrovert. I'm from New York, and I'm Italian, so we we talk a lot. Um, and so I—I I, I'm most likely going to ask you questions that you're prepared to answer anyway. So uh, I I love that. I think that's fantastic. Um, And then uh, before we go, I do need to ask you my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us?
1: Mm, Gosh, I'm trying to think of the best way to answer that. The trade secrets. Okay, yes, I do have one. I do have one. Okay, so when you are pitching for yourself and you want to find podcast hosts that are in alignment with, you know, what you talk about, here's a really cool insider secret find somebody who has done a podcast tour, who has a message that's complimentary to yours. So like my example, I have a very easy example. So I'm all about like work less, make more, you know, I offer a done for you service. So this is for people that are not interested in DIY, you know, they're cool with delegation and and spending a little bit more to like shortcut things. You know, who talks about work less, make more James Tramco, who has a really great podcast. And he has been a guest on a lot of peop- other people's podcasts. So what you can do is you look at that influencer. So James is like my influencer. You find mm-hmm. all the places that he has previously been featured. And guess what? There's a gold mine of people that would probably be a good fit for you.
0: What? That is an incredible... That's like a like a good trade secret. Like that's that's <laughs> legit. I love that. Um, and like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of building your pitch and figuring out, um, you know, your messaging and things like that in the show after the show, the membership show. But for now, Kristen, this has been fantastic. If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you?
1: So I personally hang out on LinkedIn. And because my last name is spelled with two A's, got a unique spelling there. I When you search me on LinkedIn, I'm the only one that shows up, Kristen Molinar. And, um, so if you're a podcast host and you're looking for guests, I mean, that's not our paid service, but we would be happy to hook you up with some people that have got their act together. <laughs>
0: awesome.
1: And then, um, if you're interested in our services and just want to check that out, our website is yesbossva.com. And that has our 10 minute masterclass that I, that I just briefly talked about here.
0: Excellent. I will link to all of that and more over at the show notes. Uh, you can find those at howibuilt.it/slash 207. Kristen, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it.
1: This was so much fun. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. And uh, thank you to our sponsors, Text Expander, Restrict Content Pro, and MindSize. Thank you, of course, for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something.